This Week in League, Isaac Luke wins the Twilly for Grub of the Year for 2012 through to 2015. Robert Louis beats a path to North Queensland. Says Hazel proved you don't need a long neck to be a goose, but you do need a mullet to be a cut. And we preview the impending slaughter of the English in the 2011 Four Nations final. All that more this week in League. Welcome to episode 74 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. A lollicost. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lollicost up until the quick pressing of the record button this week. Oh, I tell you, I hope we haven't uh, used all our A material before we've hit record. We probably have. Oh, as, laugh. As usual. Um, housekeeping. <laughs> That's why we're never funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once we hit record. Although last week's episode was very well received. I don't, I'm not sure what the... I wish I could bottle it. So do because I. Because I don't, I, don't I don't really know why last week was any different. It. I wish I could just record it and play it every week. So just people play, loved it every week. Play it back and just change the numbers <laughs> the in the rounds in the NRL. Less and less topical, but hey. <laughs> Housekeeping, I've got one item. The shirts, we're getting close to being able to activate the T-shirt. So this is the final call for both types of shirt that we have available on uh, thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop. At the moment. You ordered yours yet? I have. I've pre-ordered mine. I've, got, I've pre-ordered one of each. Because fucking why wouldn't you want to have one of each? Me too. At the moment, the Revelation shirt is leading in the pre-orders um, fairly comfortably. So if anyone on the roll call shirt wants to change their order to basically speed things up, then by all means send us an email and uh, let us know. Um, it's 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 behind and uh, less likely to be activated. The Revelation shirt's by far the favourite, so uh, that's going to be the one that comes out first. Um so yeah, if anyone who has ordered a roll call shirt wants to change their mind or whatever, let us know. Uh, otherwise, you know, it may be a longer, slightly longer wait. But um, yeah, the Revelation one, I want to get that going very, very quickly. So if you're on the fence, get off the fence, get on the Revelation shirt because it is coming out. Next batch of hats will be available when you're listening to this. Also, awesome. in real time, they're coming tomorrow. Okay. In future time, they were here yesterday. Cool. And so there's a couple of back orders that need to be filled on those, but yes. uh, there's going to be a significant amount of them for the most popular curved brim hat in yes. large dash XL size. Exactly. So if uh, you've been sitting on the fence with those, because you've been out of stock for a little while, get on board. And don't forget, we've still got heaps of uh, the hipster flat brim hats and plenty of stubby coolers if you want to get on for Christmas presents or heading into summer when you need to keep your drink cold. There's no better way to do it. How fucking hot has it been lately? Ridiculous. Summer is going to be absolutely fucked this year. It's it has been so, today. It was so hot. I got sunstroke yesterday. I'm I over think. it already. I got. Well, I don't know. Can you imagine I'm how hot it's going to be? Sunstroke because I'm a hypochondriac. But fuck, it was hot yesterday, and I woke up this morning with a headache. I can only put that down to dehydration, sleep, heat stroke, and sun. Now. February is usually when it gets at its hottest. They're going to try and play the all-star game. If it's that, this hot now, there's going to be a death. There's probably going to be someone like George Rose. I suspect <laughs> it's going to be Gareth Ellis being a pom. Well, yeah. Yeah, quite possibly. Or George Rose could finish the game looking like a fucking POW. <laughs> <laughs> you got any more housekeeping stuff? No, I'm done.
news. First story, season 2012 is finally a go. At long last, Rugby League's march towards independence is almost over after the 16 NRL clubs agreed to sign club licences with the new ARL Commission. Following a meeting of club chairman and chief executives with the eight commissioners today, the clubs backed down on their threat to boycott next year's competition if they did not receive $2.1 million in funding each from next season. Instead, they accepted a far less cash injection of five hundred grand next year once the new TV broadcast rights deal is put in place. West Tigers director David Trodden said the meeting today had cleared the way for all clubs to sign licences to compete for the next seven years. Today confirmed to everyone that the commissioners are the right people to have in place and the clubs have left more convinced than ever that the commission is the right structure for the game. Over the last few weeks it's been important that people understand the financial pressures that clubs face and that they address the best ways of ensuring clubs are able to remain strong into the future. Inevitably that has led to some emotion but the spirit of the process has been to ensure the stability of the clubs. Fucking want to be good. There's far more quotes there, but I mean, it's the same sort of stuff. I'm not going to go through the Jesus lot of it. Jesus commission and want to be good. Yeah, well, um, at least the club. I more, mean, like more hype than the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, I was, yeah, more hype than I'm trying to think of something. I, mean, I like, made a Star Wars but, reference. You did. Are you proud of me? Yeah, you nerd. Um, <laughs> well, you know, the Star Wars prequels. I mean, they were they were announced and then they happened. And they were on schedule. They weren't. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of something like you know they're probably they're, the, the, this commission's probably as anticipated as uh, the the next you NBA season. Your virginity, which was like 30 years in the making. Well, because it was 30 years ago. <laughs> That would have made it seven years old. Yeah, do that, man. <laughs> what? That's not quite what I would have meant. Behind a Tonka truck in the sandpit. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Nate? I'm just dumping a load with my Tonka truck. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> you monkey. <laughs> oh, here we go again. We're off on the same path. Yeah. Um, You're terrible. Great thing with the commission. Uh, obviously, the, the the clubs not wanting to sign or not going to sign if they didn't get that, you know, holding the little ransom. It was only really a mini ransom. I don't think there was any clubs that would seriously have held out to the point where it would have seen them not being able to, you know, play next season and I moving mean, forward. There's no way we'd see a um, a lockout in professional sport in 2011. That'd just be unheard of in this day oh, and wait. age. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> you have to be a Mickey Mouse sport to do that. It's a ridiculous right? sport. Um, I don't have anything else to say about that one. Oh, it, just, was, it was a big story of it's today. It's just been, it's been so long in the making. I just hope that it, it's all done and they can get to work and this broadcast rights deal can, can be settled and can be announced and can blow the AFL deal out of the water and everyone can sort of laugh and point at the AFL and get on with life. Yeah, I agree. I guess there's other stuff to do, but that's all. Well, I can as far as we can, as far as as far as we concerned, I mean, that's, yeah. we just continue doing what we always do. Yeah, <laughs> let's face it. Laughing and pointing at the AFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's what we do best. Isaac Luke continues his grubby ways. Kiwi hooker Isaac Luke has been charged with an illegal leg twist on England halfback Rangi Chase, and intends to challenge a two-week international suspension tomorrow. Um. <laughs> what can you say about it? What can you, what can you say? Uh, Isaac Luke, he was reported by referee Matt Chechen for deliberately, deliberately attempting to injure Chase in an ugly incident. If the ban stands, uh, he'll be eligible to play in the opening round of the NRL Premiership because uh, the suspension can be served during the pre-season trials. Um, however, he will be ineligible for the All-Stars clash on the Gold Coast. 
The punishment will do little to appease angry English supporters with whom Luke is developing an unsavoury reputation following his incident with Chase and his suspension for a cannonball tackle on Kangaroos prop David Shillington earlier in the tournament. Not to mention his dive in the... Um, against the Cowboys against or whatever the Cowboys, it was. Yeah. Uh, late last season. He's... It's creeping into his game quicker and quicker, isn't it? Creeping. It's, 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 the floodgates have opened. Yeah, yeah, it's creeping like Usain Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of creeping. I mean, my God. I mean, it's, it's, it seems like a distant memory when, um, when Mick Ennis was the most reliable grub in the game. But, I mean, he's well, to be fair, the... he's been injured for a while. Yeah, but even if he hadn't been, I think he'd be like, you know, almost a, a Paul Gallen uh, story of redemption compared to <laughs> compared Isaac to Luke. That, yeah. Unbelievable. He's, uh, he's got some explaining to do. And the worst part about Isaac Luke's behaviour is that he doesn't need it. He's a freaking fantastic player without that bullshit. And I guess we've been saying the same about Paul Gallen um, now that we've seen that the flip side of... of what he's able to do without that sort of stuff in his game. and I, I get that, you know, there's trying to get an advantage over your opponent and all the rest of it, but some of this stuff is just, it goes it goes above and beyond Yeah, that. he tries to get an advantage on his opponent. By ripping their a leg minute, off. A minute after the tackles, the, the, the player's progress has been held up. Yeah. And how, how dare, how dare he try and, you know, take away from the, the glorious ascension of Rangy Chase from fringe first grader to English Rugby League representative. <laughs> Although, to be fair, the English um, fans were uh, saying, you know, you can have him after his first couple of efforts. All of a sudden, you know, now because he's had his yeah. leg almost twisted off, he's English yeah. again. Um, well, they can have him. He, he was the best player in the English Rugby League competition last season. <laughs> um, you don't want to give away your best player. Just saying. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, that, must, that makes him about the 45th best player in, in Rugby League. <laughs> Did he make the top hundred? I don't know. I, I assume he would have. I mean, the, you know, that, those numbers were kind of skewed, so the English didn't have a full blown right. There was far more than the, in there than they deserved to have. Um, yeah, yeah I said Isaac, it. you don't need that in your game, champ. Just, no, he doesn't. I, don't, I just don't understand it. He's he's a far better player than that, and he's. That reputation is starting to get a bit set in stone, and he's not doing anything to. Uh... And because it is funny, it's not like um like you know, Gallon was you know he was always like that, and then he sort of turned it around, and he only had one unsavoury incident last season, which was probably the a, donkey a, kick. Pro- probably yeah, probably about four hundred percent decrease on on previous years. Uh, Ennis has been fairly consistent for the duration of his um, career. Life, yeah, yeah, since he was born. Um, Isaac Luke, though, I mean, I don't remember him being like that for much of his career. It only seems to be the last sort of year or two when he started introducing it. Do you think it's a frustration playing in a losing side all the time? It's probably got something to do with it. I mean, I mean that's, got to, that's got to drive anyone to you know, perform acts his, of violence. Yeah, well, you know, Thurston drops his bundle and, like, you know, just goes, you know, goes mental when a game's kind of, when he's sort of doing it single handedly. And, you know, the but game's he's more likely away. to do that sort of shit to his teammates yeah. than anyone else. <laughs> I was just wondering if that's the same. You know, this is how Isaac Luke's disappointment at playing for South manifests itself on the field in angry, angry grub behaviour. Look, we all have our uh, coping mechanisms, mate. This is Isaac's. Yeah, I'm no psychologist, but I'm prepared to say that uh, that's correct. And the way New Zealand have been going, I guess it's it's only fair that that sort of behaviour transcends into the international arena. Exactly. Paul Osborne. After being cleared of misconduct last night, besieged Eels boss Paul Osborne is expected to announce his resignation tomorrow, our time, 
yesterday as you're listening to the show. The funny thing about it is, though, that the front runner to take over to the front office of Parramatta is Tony Zappia. Now, do you remember that name? I do. Formerly, it dodgy. Formerly of the Cronulla Sharks, who had to leave in a blaze of shame Bad uh, over, over um, you know, sexual assault, assault. Uh, allegations, uh, letting um, the the porn porn king into the into the dressing yes. room at the uh, you know, half time or after the match of the Cronulla games. Um, he did. Uh, I mean, he was kind of uh, pushed out of the club in the aftermath of the big, uh, you know, the sexual uh, the gangbang in New Zealand thing, which was many years earlier, but, you know, it all sort of yeah, came to a head at the same that, yeah. time. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's funny, Osborne said, I've obviously relieved the matters over and I've been cleared, yet it uh, looks like but he's going to leave He's going to leave anyway. Um, strange. I, I guess the fact that the allegations that were thrown back and forth um, probably have left a bit of a bad taste in his mouth and he, he probably doesn't seem... Uh, willing to continue his tenure there at the club, and I, I guess there's some fans that would be pretty happy with with that. I know one. I have I have seen on Twitter. I have seen Paramount 1973 saying it's almost like Christmas. This uh, it, come, it, it does seem a bit odd if he if he had nothing to hide and he's being cleared. Why he wouldn't continue? Well, what he's saying is that uh, the riff with Glenn Duncan, who is the boss of Pertech and uh, who's their okay. major sponsor. Um, that was about a month ago when we uh, mentioned yeah, the show. That all blew up. Apparently, that rift has made his ongoing tenure unworkable, and it's understood he's already vowed to leave um, before the meeting where he was cleared to allow the club to move ahead with its off-field preparations for 2012. A club statement omitted any mention of Osborne's future, and when asked whether, uh, whether he'd stand down, the CEO said, not at this stage, no. I'll take in the report, take a deep breath, and get on with the job. He continued, I just want to go home and enjoy the fact that I've been cleared and spend time with my daughter, Daisy, who turns seven today. This has been hard on my family, the kids in particular. That has been my greatest concern. Uh, and the report investigated his role in staff, sponsorship and player contracts, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, together with his use of the company credit card. Um, it's all, I mean, some of the allegations were pretty sorted. They were, they were, and it makes you wonder, if they're saying that he's already vowed to leave before the meeting, you wonder if they're like, okay... Let's get it out of the you know out of the headlines. You're going to go. We'll we'll find you know. We'll let you go. We'll we'll call it quits. We'll decide that you've got no case to answer if you uh, and then you bail and then uh, that gets it out of the papers one in one week. It's gone. Don't have to worry about it. Interesting. I guess we'll never know. But um, he moves on. He's former politician. He might have a he might take up a career in politics politics again. Well, it sounds like he was... Dis- this sort of behaviour and cover-ups and stuff, he'll get get on well in Canberra again. Yeah. Uh, more than a dozen potential replacements have already made contact with the Yields directors about the job, but current league's club CEO Bob Bentley is favoured to take on both roles in the short term. Zapier, who cut his teeth as Eels football manager before enduring a turmoil-charged stint at Cronulla, as we mentioned, would work under Bentley in a strict football capacity. But there were suggestions that former Parramatta player Michael Butner may take over once Osborne moves on. While conscious that Zapier's appointment will attract Wasn't criticism... was he head of the players' union at one stage, Butner? I don't... Honestly, I don't remember. Maybe not. Or maybe you know, he'd shift across because obviously a club CEO role is a, it would be a step up from that. Mm. Uh, while, while conscious that Zappi's appointment will attract criticism from the usual sources, Spagnolo's board believes that the administrator has served appropriate penance after more than two years out of the game. Ah, rugby league. The forgiving sport. Isn't it? It would, I mean, 
it's probably far from if, if Zapier got the job it'd be by far uh it'd be a long way from the worst decision Parameters ever apparently, made. Sure apparently, apparently, Zap, I mean, well, apparently, he's. I mean, as far as the job is concerned, yeah, he's great at that. But there was, you know, the the other stuff around that that's kind he of doesn't tarnished. Mind grabbing norks. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's such. funny. I remember when um when Manly were looking for a new CEO before Graham Lowe came on board, his name was mentioned, and everyone was just like, no, no way in the world. And it didn't turn out that way. Thank mm. Christ. But yeah. <laughs> No, good luck to Paul Osborne. Let's uh, hope he has a uh, long and successful career. In something. In something. Probably not borrowing money off his employees. No. And speaking of rugby league being a familiar, of a forgiving game, Robert Louis beating his path up to North Queensland. The North Queensland Cowboys are bracing for a firestorm after recruiting a player facing police charges for allegedly assaulting his partner. Now, unfortunately for us... This story broke on Wednesday afternoon last week, which yeah. was about just under 24 hours after we'd recorded the last episode. <laughs> so it was very, very disappointing for me personally that we couldn't speak about this story yeah. last week. And this end the next story, actually, um, although the next story has a lot, you know, a lot more developments to it over the following week. But troubled halfback Robert Louis, who will face court next month after pleading not guilty to attacking his girlfriend, was giving his march, not given his marching orders by the West Tigers, but was last night snapped up by the Cowboys on a two-year deal. The charges relate to an incident after the Tigers' Mad Monday celebrations in September, just like the Mad Monday before. Cowboys general manager Peter Parr last night said he could understand a lot of people thinking that the Louis signing was a massive risk. He claimed the club was satisfied with his research and insisted the Townsville-born Louis would have an extensive network of family, including his mother and father and grandparents, to support him. The club had put in place a plan away from football. So many P's. Tired of this alliteration. <laughs> but revealed the 21-year-old would not have an alcohol ban written into his deal. We can't ignore the charges he's facing, but he's been adamant to us about getting some respect back around his name, and we want to give him an opportunity to do that, Par said. This is R-E-S-P-E-C-T. That's not an Alcturna song, Robert. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> I just wonder, like... They say they want him. His his family's up there, but surely his family's only a phone call away. Last season and yeah. the season before that, yeah. where they could have rang him up and said, "You know what? We don't think it's a great idea if you allegedly assault your wife. Perhaps it's your more pregnant dif- wife. Perhaps it's more difficult to choke your pregnant wife when your mother and father are watching. Maybe, allegedly, allegedly." Maybe. Maybe that's that's all I can think of. I mean, there is no doubt. I mean, it is, you know, being there is a lot better than, you know, like you say, a phone call away. I mean, at the end of the day, if you got in the game, it's not like they're going to be living in the same house. Or maybe they are. Maybe they are. Maybe that's part of the plan away from football. Home detention with his parents. Ah, fucking hell. The whole sort of tale is saddening. The fact that the West Tigers put so much into him, uh, brought him up through the 20s where he carved up and, and he was really starting to make a name for himself in first grade on the field. Um, and his, his time at the Tigers is going to be remembered for this latest incident and certainly last season's. And it's pretty disappointing because when, when he turned it on on the field, he was a valuable member of the Tigers' side and, and a player that you could see great potential in. But I've got to tell you, I'm... I'm Happy to see the back of him in light of the the um, allegations, and to be honest, 
the Cowboys are taking on a massive risk. What happens if he goes to jail? Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, the Cowboys don't think they're going to have any problems registering the contract. They discussed it with David Gallup, but it's uh, still a bit unclear, and I think they're going to wait until the court stuff is you know taken care of, and then based on the results there, then they'll know about what they can do to register the contract. Perhaps the contract hasn't even been registered yet. Maybe they haven't got the release from the Tigers yet. Maybe, and, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe the Tigers won't give them the release and, you know, ostensibly, you know, they'll say it's about the court case. If Tim Moulton's and then, murdered by Dragons and then, fans, and we then, might need a halfback. <laughs> well, you know, someone might go down in the preseason. Benji might, you know, get injured in the preseason. They might need someone, so they go, oh, release denied. We'll have him back because, you know, we need to cover ourselves again. <laughs> They've got it in their game. And the the question that a lot of Cowboys supporters have been speaking about is... uh. It speaks to the Cowboys' development policy. They've got Ray Ray Thompson, and they've got Michael Morgan. Who's been coming on quite well. Yeah, both both supposedly future first-grade regulars for the Cowboys um, had their chances partnering Thurston uh, and also, you know, slotting into the side when Thurston was out, you know, through injury and origin and stuff. Um, now they're saying that, like, Louis is more backup for Ray Ray and JT. But uh, the way he played, I mean, really... He's probably going to slot into first grade if he actually you know, gets off his charges. Well, you'd think so. He's as good as, as Thompson has come on. He's not Robert Louis as far as on the field. Yeah. So you would imagine that's just uh, some statements to appease the players that are already at the club and giving them an opportunity to um, prove their worth in first grade above Louis. But if, if Louis gets an opportunity to prove himself and... The um, selection is going to be based purely on on the form they show on the field. Then you'd think Louis is going to get a start over any of the other guys. Yeah, but I guess we'll see. I mean, um, I don't have in front of me when the whole court thing is going to resolve itself. Uh, it had been adjourned. I mean, last time it was a, it was a pretty quick occasion, and, uh, and it was adjourned for I think is it later this month? I think so. Yes. Um, so it should be resolved though, you know, one way or the other before the the season starts. And I guess once that's taken place then I guess he'll be with the Cowboys or he'll be in a slammer. Good riddance. Wow. You've been so nice about him and then you just finished it up with good riddance. Yeah, I'm just... I'm waiting to get you to explode because, I, hey, I mean, I'm going to talk about an outgoing person in a minute from Manly. Oh, well, <laughs> to be honest... I'm going to it happen. I someone mean, we'll got, get to your story, but those allegations less, have been proven. Someone's got far less moral fibre than Robert Louis, let me tell you. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to it, shall we? The Desi situation. Now, uh, we've heard over the past couple of weeks, you know, how Desi's this and the board does this and the board did that and the board are terrible, terrible people. They forced Desi out. Poor Desi. They forced him out of the club that he loves. He, he never wanted to leave Manly. Well, darkness, the tables have turned. Emails. He's manly through and through. I'm pretty sure I heard you say that yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, it's just the Haven't information. Haven't you, you got get. egg on your face, Nathan? No, no. I've got uh, black hate in my heart. Yes, you don't have a heart. <laughs> no. There's an arsehole where your heart should be. Exactly. And it's shitting all over Des Hasler right now. Um, and it's come to light that Desi attempted to walk out on Manly for the 2012 season as far back as August 22, even though he was already under contract with the Seagulls for next season. August 22nd, of course, is still during the regular fucking season before the finals and certainly before the grand final. Um, Desi was... Uh, I mean, how this, good, this is, this how is like good the, must Des Hasler be as a coach and as a person 
to put those sorts of things that are playing out, you know, through no fault of his own behind the scenes when he's trying to manufacture a premiership victory yeah. for the club that he holds so dear. Exactly. What a great man that he could still steer that after so much adversity steer that ship with gaping holes gashed in its side with the through the icebergs of the board with the knives out for this poor man and mines manly through and through icebergs attached to mines exactly with knives in their hands that's Um, and he still steered them to premiership glory. What a great man. Exactly, exactly. What an absolute or at least legend. We thought so. Exactly. Now, as with the back Louis to story. Back, he said. Well, yeah. He, we back. were there. I stood he said there it to our face. Him. He well, said it. He didn't actually say it to our face. He was back to me. I was quite pissed off. He, he, Turn it back he, on me, you bitch. <laughs> he said it basically to our face. We were standing there in Brookvale Oval when he said it. Saw him say it. Let's go back. I, I was here, drunk. I'm here for 2012. I was, 2012. Well, he wasn't even saying it like that because, I mean, the whole contract well, thing hadn't come it, to light. Yeah, but the contract hadn't even come to light at that stage, the whole doggy thing. So he wasn't even saying it like... I can do a Pommy accent, but I can't do Des Hasler. <laughs> I mean, some people would say you can't do a Pommy accent, though. Well, they'd be fucking retarded, wouldn't they? They'd be English, I guess, or potato, potato. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Wednesday, after, once again, after we recorded, there was a board meeting on Wednesday night in which Desi was told uh, he was served with a breach notice for his con- for breach of contract, saying that he was inducing staff um, away from the club, blah, blah, blah. He uh, had his opportunity to respond. On Friday morning, he elected to respond by inducing. denying. What is mm-hmm. he giving them an injection and they give birth to good taste and leave manly? Is that how that yeah, works? Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Excellent. Dr. Nick. Now, <laughs> Dr. Des. On, on Friday, Desi had his opportunity to reply. He responded, I deny everything. Manly said, well, that's not good enough. You're fucking fired. You're fired. And he said, where's my money? And he said, okay, then I will sue you. Now, then some emails somehow were leaked to the Sun Herald (laughs) from someone. And it was a series of emails from Des Hasler to Manly officials, as well as the findings from a scathing report by Chief Executive Graham Lowe last year. Mysteriously, the uh, legal threats from Hasler evaporated into thin air as it became as, as a number of things were revealed from these emails and documents, such as he allegedly verbally abused development officer Dave Warwick for not drawing joining him at Belmore in a rant that was overheard by other staff. He this is a, I love this one. He allegedly sat outside the house of another staffer for two hours with a letter of offer from the Bulldogs in an attempt to entice him to breach his manly contract. I don't understand why he sat outside the house for two hours. Why didn't he just go up to the door and knock on it? Yeah, was he was he in there? He was having a uh, there was a dinner party with uh, people who weren't uh, fucking over the club, and he was and so he was sitting outside waiting for everyone to go home before he could go in there and approach Donny Singh. Was he afraid if he opened the door of his car, the door would fall off? Because, you know, he's got that in his game. Possible. But, I mean, it's funny. I've been trying to find who... who one, trying like, to, what? That, that just makes no sense. Like, Desi yeah. just sitting out the front and the guy sitting inside going, oh, I think Desi's out there. He's sitting in the car. He's, I think he's got a contract for me. I think I can outweigh him. I'm in, I'm, I'm in my <laughs> I'm house. I'm just going to sit here. Because he looks like a dickhead sitting out in the car park or sitting mm-hmm. out in the driveway, sitting in his car yeah. with his headset on, blowing up about something. It's fairly, it's, it's fairly, it's fairly comical, though, like... Like, the, the and then, like, he's it. going, well, it's been two hours. 
Yeah. He's still sitting out there. Now, it's funny it? trying to find out who this who it would be, and you're thinking, well, okay, because really, I mean, as far as uh, staff are concerned, uh, in the coaching staff, there's uh, Kelly Egan, who's the assistant coach, who I think is in a, a... I mean, he must be trying to get out now, too, because I think he's the only one left that has to serve out 2013, and I don't think he's welcome. And uh, Noel Cleal, and that's it. Um, so I'm thinking it would have to be the strength and conditioning guy, Donnie, because he is a key, key member of, of the Hasler crew, and... Uh, Basically, his love of the the club, the area, and the lifestyle kept him at Manly, and uh, I think he'd and the be fact one... he didn't want some fucking nutter sitting in his driveway for two hours at a time every time he had to make a decision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who are we going to put a halfback this week? I'm just going to sit in your fucking driveway for two hours until you decide. Where are we where are we going to go for Mad Monday? <laughs> in the first week, you got of two sept- hours. In the first week the of September, mind you, <laughs> I'll be in the driveway in my 1987 yeah. Datsun Sunny. When you're ready to talk about this issue, oh, you can meet me in my car. You know where to find me. I'll be in your driveway. You'll be able to hear me with my fully six subwoofer. <laughs> in my skyline. Yeah. I traded the Datsun Sunny in on my skyline. Um, other things. Um, he told Graham Lowe that veteran media manager Peter Peters shouldn't be here during his coaching review. He told Chairman well, he's not. <laughs> he told Chairman Scott Penn via email that he intended to immediately accept employment elsewhere for 2012 and beyond, just weeks before the finals, after the club came short of his asking price for 2013 and beyond. The Sun-Herald put the allegations to Hasler, to which he replied, no, I deny those allegations, they are not accurate. More importantly, in the context of wanting to move forward positively for all parties, I see no value in looking to dredge up unsubstantiated rumours. Uh, forgetting these aren't just rumours, these were, these were emails produced, mate. I guess it can be seen as the end of a marriage where it would be easy, to, easy for parties to throw mud with no real outcome. I do not wish to partake in that behaviour, but as I said, I would rather reflect on the successes. Does it know all about marriage? Will you marry me? I'll give you a couple of hours to decide. I'm going to be out in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, he's denied, he denied he breached his contract and he claimed that the board flatly rejected his proposal for an extension beyond 2012. However, in an email sent to Scott Penn on August 22nd under the subject line, Offers Next Steps, Hasler, who'd already exercised the option in his contract to remain at Brookvale for 2012, wrote, As you know, the recent negotiations have been conducted in relation to the amounts of salary for seasons 2012, 2013 and 2014. My salary for 2012 was clearly not settled. That much is clear from the fact we're still negotiating about it. You previously stated that I should ask you for a release. As I've said, given the amount of salary for 2012 is not settled upon, I don't think I have anything from which I require a release. Your current final offer dated 15th of August 2011 is not acceptable. Given the club has not been able to formulate an acceptable offer for seasons 2012, 2013, 2014, I'm notifying you I tend to immediately accept employment elsewhere for 2012 and beyond. After all of that, he maintained his decision to join the Bulldogs would not affect his ability to coach the Sea Eagles in 2012. <laughs> Even Honestly. though the fact he wasn't going to be at the, at the Sea Eagles in 2012 wasn't going to affect his ability to coach the Sea Eagles in 2012. Yeah, yeah, what exactly. What the fuck? I mean, Make that decision in your car in the driveway, Des? It's clearly, I mean, it's probably it's probably more Desi than the Bulldogs, but I mean, clearly, once I mean, the decision to announce his, his 2013 and beyond deal. I, I think a, a the, year the Bulldogs advance. probably had a scenario that they, they felt was going to play out when they realized, when they approached Des. And and thought if we get him away from Manly, then shit, he's going to hit the fan. Yeah, and, and agitated have... for that to happen. Sorry, and they no doubt uh, they agitated and for that outcome. And they thought, well, if that if you know if it all happens and and Des is no longer at Manly for next year, then you know we can manoeuvre and 
and get him a coach for twenty twelve. Yeah, and it works. I, I don't know that they actively thought that that was going to be the scenario, but oh, whenever no. they, whenever you have a, a situation at a club where there is that volatility between obviously Des and the board, which they knew about when they approached him, obviously. Well, clearly they did. They did. They did when it was going on. So, when they knew that, they they would have had some sort of inkling that the possibility was that people weren't going to be happy and there was going to be an uproar and that they were going to decide at some point, be it before the season or maybe July next year, <laughs> that he was not going to be wanted. So, well, I mean, it's just the, it's just the thing. It's not a matter about him being wanted or not. I mean, he everything he said after this deal was, oh, blah, 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 like, like you said earlier, like, oh, he's blah, blah, you know, we've gone back to back in 2012 yeah. after he'd signed this deal. Uh, and, and everything in the media, uh, when he signed the deal, he's like, you know, blah, blah, back to back I in 2012. I think it's on Dez. I, I don't know that the Bulldogs really... I think, it's mostly on, yeah, I think it's mostly on Dez too. And people I think were, the Bulldogs would have went, sure. And people we'll have told him. me people have told me that, you know, Des is all about Des, but they didn't realise how much all about Des he really was until mm. all this started coming out. And the funny the funny thing about uh, another insight into his conduct, which is something that I, I quite enjoyed, was uh Graham Lowe, who I've, I've I've maligned and as it turns out, fairly pretty unfairly. I mean he wasn't great on the sponsorship side of things. But as it turned as it turned out it was CEO. He did something he did one great thing. He conducted an interview with Des Hasler, a coaching review. This was uh so specific between 10 a.m. and 11:30 a.m. on October 30th, 2010, as part of the 2010 season in review with the head coach at the club's Narrabeen headquarters. Lowe stated that the report was not a witch hunt, but he felt a review was necessary because, and I quote, during the 2010 season, I have observed a number of alarming characteristics about our current head coach. The review was conducted in a question and answer format with some of the key exchanges, including Lowe. Are you prepared to cooperate in a more engaging manner next year with Peter Peters? He will have total say with all media issues from now on. Hasler. Peter Peters shouldn't be here. He's not a professional and he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and now this... For a guy that was like... For apparently, apparently when, when, when that was the reason that, you know, leaked as one of the reasons why he left Manly, mm. you know, why he was pushed out of Manly. Interestingly, Peter Peters has come out and said, nothing will uh, ever come between me and Des. Yeah, yeah, mates will say, yeah, I mean, it's, it's whitewash, you know, it's whitewash oh, on Jesus. his part. There's no doubt that he would have been fucking stunned to hear this, I think. Um, Graham Lowe says, do you need to, do you understand that there needs to be a plan for a time when we may well have another coach, Des? No, what are you talking about? <laughs> Lowe concluded... Des asked me during the review whether I would support him for an extension in his contract for seasons 2013 and 2014, and Graham Lowe said no. On countless occasions, I've heard complaints regarding the behaviour of the head coach that had developed an unworkable situation. Wow. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Graham Lowe had foresight, and indeed, he may, I mean, you know, really, forgetting the wheels in motion, he may go down as one of the greatest heroes in the history of Manly. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I mean, He's always got to be one of the heroes in the history of Manly. And Graham Lowe, I, I, I sincerely apologise. Des Hasler was one too. No, no, he's not. He well, left. He, he, was. he left as a player twice. Um, twice. Yeah, he went to England and came back, and then he went to West. Oh, okay. I only remember when he went to West. Yeah, well, I was in '97. Wasn't offered a contract. '97. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, he was offered a contract this time. Did he, win, did he move to Campbelltown or did he drive to Western Suburbs from Manly every day? Don't fucking care. That's a question. Don't care. Don't care. Honestly, I wish he had have taken... I wish... Given the Maybe light, just parked in the driveway. In light of Maybe the, just parked in the, in the car park 
Maybe he just lived in the car park. He, <laughs> like, he loves. He loves sitting there in his car. You know, in, in light brooding. of in light of the things in light of the combing um, his mullet in light of all this stuff that's come out, I mean, you know, I wish he had gone ahead with the uh, the legal action because I imagine if this is the stuff that's leaked, there's far more stuff, there's far more ammo in the in there for, on the manly side. It would have got well, very Scott ugly. Penn, Scott Penn said himself, if we were confident, if it went legal, that he we had it covered. He had yeah. no chance of winning. So. Yeah. Yeah. He said that publicly. So. Yeah, yeah. And um, obviously, yeah, they were very, very confident of that fact. Um, round eight next year. Can't wait. Yeah. and I'll be, be going, there? And I'll be, going, I'll, be, I'll be going out for round 20, the Brookvale match. Uh, oh, you, I'm, couldn't possibly go. Make... you couldn't possibly go to the Bulldogs home ground, you cat. <laughs> it's not the Bulldogs home ground. It's the fucking location of our winning premiership. <laughs> I was just there. you cat. Like a month ago. You're a cat. If it was at Belmore, I'd go. Bullshit. I mean, ANZ Stadium, I mean, for a club match... Stop being a cat. Fucking you go, then. What, what do I have to do with that game? Oh, so Other you're a Des cat. Des Hasler is a loyal servant of the Western Suburbs Magpies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, go- I'm, going to the- I'm going to the Brookie one, because I go to my Brookie games every year, and uh, that will be one of them. So, uh, cat. When-, when have I gone to an away game in Sydney? Because you're scared. Oh, because I'm scared. Scared. When-, when have I gone to Even an away game Even you won't cross the spit bridge. <laughs> Exactly. Even when I, well, I do. Once a taxi gets well, over yeah, well, it, you, you know, won't from, go back over. Yeah, from the airport to, to, to Manly, and then, then, then I don't cross That's it again. It. I don't cross it again until I need to go back to the airport, essentially. <laughs> you fucking Manly people. <laughs> bad as Annalise. <laughs> now, uh, one of the other things that came out it just uh, in, in all of this was, oh, everyone's got a get-out clause and everyone's going to leave Manly. Um, and it's been really amusing to watch the Daily Telegraph scrabbling from story to story and uh, not retracting anything, but contradicting themselves the very next day, you know, when the news cycle goes around. Um, the, the big story this week was, Brett Stewart is a free agent effective immediately and he will leave Manly immediately and go to the highest bidder. Uh, negatory. If Brett Stewart ever left Manly, fucking hell. We've spoken about this, and I've spoken about it with some other Manly fans. And uh, what I actually said was that the, the first time he, well, any time he came back to Brookvale, playing for another, another side, they would have to erect 10 feet of barbed wire around the entire perimeter of the ground for, to basically allow him to leave for his life. He would become the greatest trader. it wasn't just Hasler that stood behind him. It was, every, uh, it was the club it was every itself. Every fan, every... Member of the club, every staff member of the club, the entire organisation stood behind him like a fucking wall. Every male supporter of the Manly Seagulls would not and be able half to, the females would not be able to count how many times they almost got into physical altercations in defending that than guy. Males. Manly Ringo, where the men are men, and so are most of the women. Well, I'll give you an interesting, interesting history lesson. You know. <laughs> You, you know, you know, uh, you know Canterbury. You know what they were called before the the Bulldogs, right? The Berries. Do you know why they changed from to to the Bulldogs from the Berries? Because berries is a fruit, and you don't want to be known as fruits, do you? You're you're, you're pretty close to reality. The reason why they changed their name from the Berries was because they needed a manlier name, and as it turns out. Manly was already in, taken. <laughs> in, 2000, in 2011, how much manly can they get by trying to get all the players and all the stuff? <laughs> oh, you stupid fuckheads. Um, it's clearly payback for that time where... Um, manly did that thing to them. Western what? Suburbs... Well, Parramatta did it as well, but Western Suburbs took um, Joe Thomas, David Gillespie, Paul Langmack, and Andrew Farrer, and Warren Ryan from the Bulldogs, and they were clearly pissed about that, but they could never... 
decide to, you know, fire up at Western Suburbs and get all their players back because they didn't have any players. And playing Western Suburbs is like the Special Olympics anyway. Oh, well, exactly. But, <laughs> geez, we had some epic matchups then. Uh, it was great. Lincoln Oval. Oh, Lincoln Oval. Campbelltown Stadium or Rana Park back in the day. It was great. Um, but anyhow, I, di- di- I digress. You going to talk about the Bears next? No, I'm going to talk about when Parramatta took uh, Dean Pay and Jared McCracken and Jason Smith and someone else who was less famous than them from the Bulldogs. They've been raped and pillaged. The poor old dogs have been raped and pillaged. To be fair. It's about time that the Bulldogs got their own back. By taking a coach and some assistance. Well, I mean, who knows? (laughs) This is just the start. Just the start. And you know, it's only just started and, and to spring a leak. And you the can't damn talk, wall is about to burst, Nathan. And you can't talk about the bloody Parramatta taking the players. I mean, that was a Super League thing. They were players that were signed by ARL versus, you know, the club moving. The, you know, that was, it wasn't like it was a, a focused, you know, yeah, It'll all pale in, in comparison when there's a bunch of nufties running around for Manly in 2013 and everyone's playing at the Bulldogs. Team of revelations. You might have to start... They actually call themselves the Revelations. They might even change from the Seagulls and just call themselves the Revelations. Really? Yeah. Now, speaking hey, we'd of... would probably sell out like that. Would and we you're have, speaking about... pay us royalties. And speaking about players who um, aren't going anywhere, as I started talking about the Brett Stewart thing, which was hilarious, and then the, then the next day it's like, oh, no. He, he had to exercise 12 months in advance and anything, so he doesn't actually have a get-out call Interesting that all. everyone's talking about Brett Stewart and Glenn Stewart going somewhere. No one's talking about them going anywhere as individuals. Like well, they're... I know that they're brothers. I didn't realise they were conjoined twins. How do you think Manly got them? In the, how do you think Manly got them in the first place? They would have. Brett Stewart. Yeah, maybe been, when they were kids, but fucking hell, Brett, they're adults. Brett Stewart would have played for St George, but they didn't want to take Glenn. Fuck. And as hell. it turns out, Glenn's turned out to be the better player. So I mean, the joke's on them. Anyway, um, now the only person with an existing Siamese twins. The only person with a get-out clause in the contract is Kieran Foran. And uh, he's already committed himself to Manly he's anyway gone. for next season. He's gone to Belmore. I'm expecting him to leave in 2012, in 2013, but you never know what's going to happen in a year. I mean, we've got a year to sign him up and you know throw the throw cash at him. And I think you know the combination of playing with the people he wants to play he's with. Bought him. a house in Bankstown, foreign. Yeah, okay. So he only needs to get a fifty thousand dollar contract next season, does he? I <laughs> <laughs> said one house. Don't they call them humpies? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> um, now. Jamie Lyon, he also he had a get-out clause permitting him to leave should uh, his good friend and recruitment manager Noel Cleal move on. However, he upgraded his contract and it doesn't include the old clause. One source close to the Manly Club said that that was the problem with having a coach so intimately involved in contract negotiations. There were too many of these ridiculous clauses. Now that's been shut down and they simply won't agree to the clauses in the future. There was never a chance of players walking after Des was gone because apart from Kieran, they're all under contract for next year or beyond. Apart from the players that have already left, Jeff Tuvey will be pretty much working with the grand final winning side next year. So uh, they st- And then, you know, they go on to say that, um, you know, he's a strong possibility, Brett Stewart, that is, uh, of leaving in 2013. But there's still another two years on uh, Glenn Stewart's deal, so I think it's unlikely. Um... At the end of 2013, um, another two years of Jamie Lyons' deal, uh, he's going to—he's disillusioned apparently, and he's going to re, you know revisit what he does then. But I'd say at that stage in his career, he'll just probably nick off back to England and go and play for St Helens again, which is always going to happen. I thought. Mm. So, yeah, interesting. That's the end of that. It's very interesting. And at the end of the day, the net—the net total is uh, not a lot's changed. Head coach. The coach that took you to three grand finals and two premierships in five years is yeah. gone, Nathan. 
Not a lot's changed. I'd say it's probably kidding. probably more more the uh, more the water running skills of Jeff Tuvey. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, Let's move on. There's Has- Hasley talking about Manly. He's erased from he's erased from the history books and uh, he's never welcome uh, back at the club. Also, some ex players some ex players have absolutely lambasted him over the last couple of weeks, which has been great. Um, a couple are like, oh yeah, I can see the day when Desi will be. You know, he may even come back. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> a trader of that magnitude is never welcome back. I'm trying to think of another trader situation. That's like Sonny Bill. It's like Sonny Bill going back to the Bulldogs multiplied by a thousand. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And that's the funny thing. I mean, it's funny with Canterbury. I mean, inducing people to break their contracts. The way they fucking bleated when Sonny Bill <laughs> nicked off. <laughs> fucking sooking they had I, then. That's, I disagree. I don't know that Canterbury induced that at all. Well, they did. I mean, it's clear. I mean, I'm, we're talking about they facts. Signed him, they signed him for t- 2013. Yeah. And, then and it, the way that Manly and then agitated, and the way that Des engineered things, and then agitated to get him to no, leave early. I, I feel that was on Des, as I said already. I don't think that was the Bulldogs. And Des, Des uh, contracted to the, the as an agent of the Bulldogs. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> Let's move on. We can argue this all day. <laughs> Certainly gets the length of the episode up though. Recaps. 2011 Grand Final. Manly won. <laughs> Just a little reminder. Four Nations. Game number five. Jacket. England. England 28. <laughs> defeated New Zealand 6. England, they sealed their place in the Four Nations final after smashing the useless Kiwis. As I said, 28-6. I'm a genius. You did on this occasion. It was this, this, a shame we didn't do the hits and misses after this episode because you would have got a ding. <laughs> one, one of very few. England dominated the first half. It took them until the 28th minute, though, to get on the board to retry to Tom Briscoe. Kevin Sinfield added the extras, and it was six points to nil. After Benji botched a chance to hit back while throwing a forward pass, the Poms extended their lead through a Sinfield penalty goal right on the stroke of half time, and it was eight nil at Oranges. Second half, even better for the Poms. Ryan Hall scored in the 45th minute, extending the lead to 14 nil following the conversion. Kiwis, they finally got on the board in, uh, 15 minutes later through a converted try to Nightingale. But the flow of the game didn't really change. England continued to dominate in attack and defence, extending their lead through a penalty goal in the 67th minute and really driving the coffin nails in with two tries in the last 10 minutes, one to Graham and one to Sam Tompkins, both converted by Sinfield, giving us a final scoreline of 28 points to six. Ryan Hall's finishes have become a feature of the tournament. Yeah. Fuck, another cracker in this game. He might actually be worth sending over to Australia. I've, like we said it before, there's worse wingers in the NRL. Yeah, True. Jeez, as I, say, I think I probably said before too that I mean Tigers have got two of them, <laughs> well, three that's of not, them. Three, not rehash old shit, Nathan. I mean three of them if they could if they could somehow field Bo Ryan, Lloyd Dakiri, and Matt Utah all in the same <laughs> field at the same time. I was wondering how um, Sinfield was keeping Whittap out of the side, given that Whittap has played such a pivotal role for the Melbourne Storm in the NRL, but and played well for the Poms previously in the past, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not entirely convinced that. Widdop isn't one of the top five players that England can field, but Sinfield certainly showed in this game why they've shown so much faith in him. He's a, he's he played a, really well, I he's thought. He's the best 85-year-old player He seems around. that old, doesn't he? He doesn't look it, but he's he seems to have been around forever. I mean, you just think of his name. You just think, you know, when did you first hear about him, you know, playing internationally for England against Australia. Yeah. And it seems like, you know... He must have been like seven. Yeah. And he's probably their best player. <laughs> exactly. 
this game showed yet again that you can't rely wholly and solely on Benji Marshall to win you a tournament or or a premiership, premiership for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's Benji's great. He'll win you games. There's no doubt he is a match winner. Yeah. But if you've got to rely on him to like what are we talking six games to win this tournament? Yeah. Or um, we're talking about you know how many games in the finals or yeah, you know you had that run they did through to get into the finals. Sorry, you just can't you just can't Rugby keep it up that long. Team sport and the Kiwis put all their eggs in the Benji Marshall basket and didn't realise there was a hole in the bottom of it. And New Zealand come out of this. I mean, if you I love Benji. You remove the, remove the Welsh. Anyone, remo- remove the game they played last week against the Welsh, and they've been fucking pasted in their last couple of internationals they got pasted by Australia in Newcastle they got beaten fairly comfortably by Australia in the first round of the Four Nations pasted by England even worse it's very um, very disappointing given the the fact that they went into the tournament and certainly prior to the the Newcastle test match they were pretty cocky and their side on paper looked fairly good. Yeah, they thought they were when, when balanced, a strong you know, com- chance. Compared against Australian side. I just so, find it amazing that one of England's best playmakers in Rang and Chase was at burst a reserve grader in the NRL. <laughs> he's gone to England. He's, he's been named the player of the year. Yeah. It's like, what's in a Yorkshire pudding? <laughs> Is it on the performance-enhancing drugs list? Possibly. Maybe they have less stringent <laughs> checks and balances in England. Fucking hell. It's like, having said that, he has kicked on yeah, when he went yeah. over there because when he was at the Tigers you heard all sorts of stories about how good he was Yeah, he got a couple of opportunities when Benji was injured etc yeah. but you never saw anything like some of the stuff <laughs> there was also a couple of uh, Tigers-esque brain explosions yeah Bo Ryan-esque brain explosions let's, let's call them oh, no. not Tigers-esque I mean huh? like you can't tar the whole team with the Bo Ryan brush well I don't know about Bo Ryan I've seen Robbie Farrow try to kick for touch from a penalty and not find touch? Yeah, but I mean, that, shit, that happens to everyone one time or another. Really? I mean, yeah. It does, it, does it stop him from taking the step up to being a quality international slash origin player? Yes, of course it does. But, I mean, it doesn't affect his standing in the club game. He's a giant of the club game. He is. I mean, he is. can't take the step up, but that's, not, you know, that's <laughs> not everyone can, mate. <laughs> I'm going to virtually glass you. <laughs> I love it. Good um, win from England. It was a good win. Uh, you called it, so good on you for calling the game. Um, I think they... Um, they played about as well as they did against Australia the week before, I think. I think so. Maybe less less a few mistakes. Yeah, they, they controlled the performance from start to finish, and New Zealand never really got a look in, and they played poorly and, and got what they deserved. So. And very disappointed in New Zealand on, on this occasion, their, their, their strategy of playing shit for the whole tournament, managing to get into the final by default because the other two teams are crap. Mm. And, then, the and, then right. and then jagging the win against Australia. Yeah. Didn't come to pass they this time. They got the first bit, right? They've played shit for the whole tournament. And so the last thing that the, the Kiwis could uh, could crow about has uh, been taken away from them for a, for a year, which is fantastic. Yes. Because I, I hate hearing, you know, yeah, we smash you in every single test. Oh, yeah. we're the current blah-blah champions. Yeah, yeah. Well, this showed once and for all that New Zealand can't play sport. Exactly. They can win a rugby union, but they can't play sport. Exactly. Couldn't have said better myself. Next. Four Nations, game number six. Australia, 56, defeated Wales, 14. The Welsh side, they took a lot of heart from this game, despite the final scoreline indicating that they were absolutely fucking trounced by the first string Australian side. 42 points. 
<laughs> they did compete early in the game and they stunned the Aussies with two tries within the first 15 minutes to take an unlikely 8-0 lead. Two tries out very wide, giving... Uh, Oh, mate, no chance for the conversions. Australia didn't manage to get on the oh, board mate. until... <laughs> I didn't write his name down. I forgot who it was. Australia didn't manage to get on the board until the 26th minute of the game through a try to Cameron Smith, followed by a JT conversion. The floodgates, they opened late in the half with Cooper Cronk scoring the first two tries of his hat-trick, as good wingers do, playing 5-8 when they're halfback. In the final two minutes of the half, and following Thurston's perfect goal-kicking, we had an 18-8 scoreline going into half-time. Second half only got worse for the Welsh, with Australia running rampant with tries to the revelation of the 2011 NRL season, Daly Cherry Evans. A length of the field effort to Darius Fluffy Did you hear Boyd. what the commentator called him? <laughs> Dale again. Dale. They just... They just... Like, oh. as if they hadn't proven themselves to be fucking big enough nafties as it was. Yeah. I got Dale, nothing to say to it. Dale got, Cherry Evans. I got nothing to say to it. It's a great try. <sighs> I don't think that. I, don't I think wish they'd shut up. I don't think you. I don't think you nailed the accent that time. Really? <laughs> I wish people could see the way you raise your eyebrows when you do that voice. Um, where was I? Uh, it was a length of the try effort. The Darius Fluffy Boyd, JT Inglis, Yeah, Yi Cronk got his hat trick, and finally, fucking yeah. sounds like you're reading out the team shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and finally. Coming straight from the fucking dogs, Reggie's, Morris, against one solitary Welsh try to Jordan James. JT perfect with the boot. Final scoreline, 56 points to 14. How good was Cherry's try? Magnificent. Oh, it was How good average. was the one he laid on for Cronk, too? Fucking Despite hell, the, genius. the early Welsh assault where they led 8-0. And yeah. That was like... And they did hold Australia. They did it aim up and they did hold Australia out for minutes, a long... 23 minutes, mate. They yeah, let... I think it was, it was 23 or 26. I think it might have been 26. Oh, I thought I had 23, but... They led 8 0, yeah. and that's a pretty strong performance. Australia were playing pretty shit out. However, having said that, though, no matter how shit Australia were playing, and no matter how well the Welsh were playing, they were always, they were always like... going to lose by 30. Yeah, because <laughs> even having said that, like Australia made plenty of gap, like got yeah. players in the gaps and they dropped the ball. And yeah. It was always going to happen. Those passes were going to stick. Unless at some there was point. some kind of, like, you know, Welsh voodoo curse. I mean, was, <laughs> the, the two passes were going to stick to get more than eight points anyway. You know, I mean, I'd and let's not forget the amount of new faces in the side lacking any sort of combination, and they still whack any it experience, together, so. any combination. I mean, you know, yeah. they, it was it was the the trial match of the of the series where they throw the kids who haven't had a have a run yet, you know, into the side. Crowley though, looked alright. Right. Never heard of him before. You like him? Best performance from a Welsh rugby league international ever. Yeah, yeah. And it's his last game of his career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take a bow, Lee. Take a bow. <laughs> I mean, Jonathan Davies was probably the biggest name and most successful Welsh player. But then he's probably gone, never he, played for Wales. Yeah, but, yeah, unless he like he might have played two thousand World Cup. Eh? But yeah, he was. Yeah, he's going back a while. But he now, was playing. So, yeah. in, he's played a lot for England. Yeah. Um, he's the only one that I can think, as far as Welsh people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Welsh they don't often get their chance. Yeah. Other than Tom Jones, there's not exactly a lot of big name fucking Welsh people, yeah. Walesites or Welsh people. Yeah. What do you don't, call? don't don't look at me and expect me to throw another name into the mix. Yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing. Tom Jones. I mean, I don't know that Lee Breers would have had anyone throwing their undies at him. No, well maybe Certainly now. Not me. There's maybe no new crush rack- coming from me. Maybe now he racked up his hundred points. Maybe. Uh. <laughs> Imagine the undies of the Welsh women. Yeah. Oh. I don't like those ones on the hoops that you see at Park Lee Markets. Why that? That's what I've always wondered, right? And this is going off on a bit of a tangent. 
But you know, you go to the shops and you see those, um, at the markets rather, where you see the, the people selling like cheap undies. Yeah. And they've got those, the ones stretched over hoops. Yeah. And I just wonder if, if you've got the size ass that fits undies that go over a hoop, why you would look up and go, I'll have 10 of them, please. <laughs> Why the fuck would you admit to that? You do realise that the hoop is only like a width thing, and I mean, it's... <laughs> Still, it's a fucking hoop. I mean, the fact that... If your ass is wide as a hoop... The fact that they're, they're god-awful, unfashionable, <laughs> and it should be enough. I mean, the fact that the hoops there should be irrelevant, to be honest. Anyway, that's this week's tangent. Yeah, I mean, Australia, I mean, they absolutely pounded the ever-loving shit out of them in the final wash-up of the game with a side, the, you know... Didn't have the combinations. The as, play- they, as they were expected to do and as they always look like doing. Yeah, and there's no, um, you know, there's no uh, no coincidence that when Australia did score, it wasn't too long after, you know, like Gallon had gone on the field, you know, some yeah. of the, the hard nuts had gone on the field and actually thought, okay, let's fucking turn this into a game, you know, and actually do something. Yeah. Um, Cooper Cronk uh, playing in 5 uh, Yeah. Not bad. I guess that's probably a precursor to Queensland next year. Yeah, you could be right. I'd say. I mean, I would have thought Thurston would have gone five eighth and then cronked a halfback, but I mean, seemed to work all right. Maybe they're lining it up to be uh, Thurston, punt, Cherry Evans halfback, Cooper Cronk five eighth. Just cap the remarkable rise of Daly Cherry Evans, the legend of the game. He is. I'd probably be now the fucking immortal next year. You sir are a jackass. <laughs> Fluffy's man of the match would have brought a tear to Uncle Wayne's eye. <laughs> You could just imagine him sitting there. Giving him a semi. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting there watching the game from home, stroking his fluffy doll or his fluffy fleshlight. (laughs) Boom. Taught him everything. Call back to episode Taught him everything he knows. Everything. Literally. Taught him how to walk, how to talk, tie his own shoes, wipe his ass, and play rugby league. Now, the problem with this game is that... Uh, it didn't it, go for another 10 minutes so we could put 60 on them. Well, no, one minute. Yeah. But um, you can't really read a lot into Australia's performance because it was their incomplete side. England versus New Zealand, obviously that was more of a, you know, full strength versus full strength and England will be carrying a similar side into the final. I guess, you know, it's advantageous for them that they played their, their easiest game first against Wales and then they've had two hard games and then another one coming into the final so they're kind of battle ready if anything um, battle ready but yeah the other the point I wanted to make about this game the other point I wanted to make about this game was Channel 9 fucking ordinary behaviour no interest no interest in promoting the game that they pay a fuckload of money for the rights for and I'd like to see I mean I Essentially, because I'm lazy, I didn't look at what the, the anti-siphoning laws and you know, in regards to playing, you know, having to provide a, a free-to-air option for an Australian sporting event and why they that that precluded them from showing this game live. Considering it was, uh, you know, crack of dawn, you know, on Monday morning. Yeah, the audience wasn't going to be great, but I mean, show it. Were they going to get more of an audience to watch, you know, whatever fucking infomercials or whatever it was that they had yeah. to put on at that time? I mean, I just. I just don't understand it. I mean, these are the guys that are supposed Bizarre. to be covering the game. Mm. Hopefully, they didn't have to have anyone over there to cover the game, mind you. No, they just use the fucking Sky feed. Yeah, and have like Joey, who's probably going to be up anyway. He would have been out on a bender. Well, exactly. He would have, you know, he would have slept dropped. for four fucking days. He would have tripled. What's he, what else is he doing? They could have got Wayne Fred- in the gutter somewhere. They could have got Freddie and Joey to do the drunk, you know, overdub commentary. Laying in the gutter, hilarious. say Wayne, give me a job. 
Give me a job back at me club that I love so much. Got a stand named after me. Every other fucking club employs me. Why not you? <laughs> what else are you going to be doing? Why are you Head hating on, on Joey? Team? Sorry? Why are you hating on Joey? I just, I'm just saying that he might have had some time up his sleeve. Yeah. That's all. But this is the thing. They, who cared if he did or didn't? They just used the idiot English commentators anyway. Yeah, but you've got to have an Australian sitting in a studio saying, oh, we will cut now to the uh, Sky Sports coverage. Oh, they could have got fucking Kenny Sutcliffe to record that six oh, weeks ago. They knew the game eyes. was going to happen. Sexy eyes. They could have got him to record yeah, it. right. They could have got sexy eyes they, to do they it. They could have got him to do it on Sunday after he'd finished his wide world of sports commitments. Kept him back from work for five minutes just to say, oh, Fire up, Kenny. Australia with a, with a new look lineup. As they blood start, you know, the revelation of the season, Daily Cherry Evans. Let's throw the game now. And then afterwards he, go, he, he could pre-record... Well, that was an ass whipping to Australia, wasn't it? Gee, they fucked them over. You know, they won easily as we expected. Now onto the bloody religion hour or whatever the fuck we have. Just, it. just crack proving, it on. Just proving the explorer. Yet whatever. Again, nothing good comes out of Wales other than Tom Jones. Yeah. The end. Previews. One game left. Five was it? Five a.m., four a.m., three a.m. A ridiculous a.m. time on Sunday morning. Australia versus England. Australia by how many? I reckon England might give a good account of themselves. I well, think it might be a bit of a tight game, but they I think give Australia a fair account of themselves last time. Yeah, I think Australia might win by thirteen points. 13 points? Would you say 13 plus? Or just 13 no, on just the button? 13. So there will be Australia f- might just do enough and show their class, uh, score a late try and then kick a field goal to ice it. And oh, so Australia going to kick the field goal, so it's not going to be England getting a kick in a sand out and then getting overrun at the end <laughs> by three tries in a row. <laughs> uh, no, I don't see it going down like that. Um, it's important for England to, to play well in this game. Like, they've done well to get to the final, but... They've really got to try and stick it to Australia and show that they're worthy of, of you know, basically essentially being the number two nation in rugby league, which is what you'd expect them to be if they've made the And final. that's what everyone's playing for except for Australia in these tournaments they, to be the number two. If they go out and get thumped, it means nothing. And people will yeah. always rate New Zealand above them. So In Australia's favour... They do. They will have a more settled lineup for this game. I mean, there was a bit of shuffles, you know, with uh, Billy got his collarbone smashed, uh, so Fluffy had to go to fullback, and you know, it was a bit yeah. of a, a bit of a uh, screw around. And, and it's Lockie's Luke last Lewis. ever game of rugby league. Exactly, Lockie's last ever game of rugby league. And you know how that players like to turn up for Lockie. Exactly, and so uh, it's you know the players that uh, are selected for the game. It's going to be a big moment for them. I mean, there's only one last game. Well, you know, it feels like the end of the, end of, you know, yeah. feels like the end of Lord of the Rings or, yeah. or you know, John Farnham's singing say, career. I mean, Johnny Farnham wrote I mean, there have been plenty of opportunities for people to play with Lockie in his last ever game. Yeah. But this one, unlike John Farnham, this is the last time ever for Lockie. Well, until, until about round five. Or, 10 games yeah. of the season. <laughs> until Corey Norman and Luke Capewell have their chance and fuck it up. <laughs> Ben Hunt. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so he'll probably be back by round eight next year, but, you know, let's split the difference. Um, but for now, it is his last ever game and certainly his last ever test match. So uh, I think based on that alone and the more settled lineup for Australia, Australia win. They'll win 
about the same. I think about the same as the last game. Okay. Uh, meaning that England are going to take it up to them, and England are going to have a, take a lot of heart out of their performance, and they're going to keep it close for a period of time, and they may even dominate. Um, you know, a couple of stretches of the play, but ultimately they won't be good enough, and Lockie will leave a winner. It's just unlike main- his NRL career, maintaining that intensity for for. 84 minutes, not 75, yeah. you know, not, they just have that tendency to lapse for even a few minutes. And that's a, and, that's and, a difference. And that's enough for Australia to, to gain the ascendancy and and once they get that, very hard to pull back. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I see Australia winning uh, 13 plus. I mean, it's not going to be a pasting by any stretch of the imagination uh, and it will be probably a close game. Uh, if not on the scoreboard, it'll be a close game uh, as far as the gameplay is concerned. In a couple of stretches, I think, Makes especially in the first half. How much England? How much better England would be um, if several of the Burgoy had played? Certainly, uh, yeah, numero uno Burgoy. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think he can make a hell, you know, that much of a difference. I don't know. He made a difference in um, 09. Yeah. What happened in 09? Single-handedly got him to the final. They got them to the final. It was God. Did they win the final? I, f- I well, forget. No. I forget. I mean, did they win the final? No, they didn't. Well, no, that's because England haven't won anything in our lifetime. Hardly. <laughs> England aren't very good at sport either. And given, the Australia, given that Australians enjoy much healthier and longer lives, they definitely haven't won anything in any English person's lifetime. True. Whatever. They might all be on the ringy chase, Yorkshire pudding, performance-enhancing dumplings. <laughs> Dumplings, fucking hell. Yeah, Australia win by heaps. The end. Sorry, England. That is full time for episode number 74. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. As you all know, we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League, and Google Plus now, so if you haven't fanned us up or added us to a circle on Google Plus, make sure you do. Mailbox, we had Matt Boyle, our man in England, again hitting us up. Guy's a jerk. Uh, After the game, clearly after the game, uh, England versus New Zealand, and he said, so, I assume this is a question for you, rather than me, so is Sam Tompkins better than Benji? It'd take a brave man to say so. I then replied to him and said, you know, are you that brave man? But I haven't checked back to see if he managed to get a reply in on that. Um, Glenn. We all know that Matt is neither brave nor intelligent. Glenn, you may have been better getting shot of Maltzen and signing a pommy fullback. Even when Jeremy Smith tries the old people's elbow, he gets up and plays a blinder. Sadly, Isaac... This is very scattered. Sadly, Isaac Luke is fast becoming just a cheap shot merchant and letters must learn to control his aggression. Don't think he's been the same since the Simon Dwyer hit. It's a long shot, but I hope we give you a lot of game next week and with any luck, your boys will already think they've won. Just a shame Billy the Grub isn't around to drop a bollock or two. Maybe a few Benny masks in the crowd will be enough to distract Fluffy. Or a a visit to the team hotel to contaminate the Vegemite. Spelt (laughs) V-E-G-G-I-E-M-I-T-E. Oh, these illiterate English. Keep up the good work, Ockers. So. How dare he call us Ockers? Is Sam Tompkins better than Benji? I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. <laughs> Does a cucumber taste better pickled? <laughs> some, some answers are not meant to be known by man. <laughs> um, 
I'm I'm sorry once again, Matt. Um, I'd like to staple Matt's mouth shut with that pink stapler there. Oh, we agree with him on well this time. We agree with him on the Isaac Luke thing, the cheap shot thing. Yeah. Letters Letters doesn't contract to control. Letters can do whatever he wants because he's letters. Um, what are we else to try here? Jeremy Smith with the people's elbow. <sighs> yeah, how was that? That was a pretty ordinary. He's got that in his game. Uh, didn't Let's mention that, that earlier, but that was a pretty ordinary incident too. Yeah. Um, and he's, I think he's up for he's up for a suspension as well. I think he got a week. Oh, did he? He's taken a D. Yeah. So, uh, so is Luke? Is he fighting or is he Luke taking got two weeks? Oh, he actually did get the two weeks. Rightly so, I think. Um, Billy the Grub, know my feelings on him. Um, and yeah, the Benny Must uh, in the crowd to distract Fluffy. Indeed. Oh, Indeed. Well, I'd never distract him, but he might find it hard to run with a massive erection. He might play with inspiration, though, thinking he Wayne's could. in the crowd, too. He might, you know, turn it on. <laughs> uh, might be detrimental to the Poms. iTunes, no new reviews this week. That's the first week in a long time, but, I mean, the rugby league community is certainly winding down sure and about is. to enter hibernation for a good four or five months. Uh, I have nothing Twitter's else. It is not quite the same. It is not quite the same. I mean, the, it's funny. You get a lot of people who, through the rugby league season, are prolific tweeters. And not just about rugby league, about anything in general. They're yeah. just on Twitter all the time as the rugby league season but winds down. They're spurred down. on by their love of rugby league. Yeah, yeah, and um, and as that dies down, they just become like, like Mr. Wars, Sam. Yeah, pretty much non-existent. Well, he's in jail. Ah, oh, that explains it. Public nudity again. Again, okay. Won't listen to us. Um, Put some pants on, Sam. Put yeah. those aubergine pants on. Keep them on, but no. See, I've given him too much crap about the, about his eggplant pants, <laughs> and so he's feeling bad about wearing them now. And given that he bought a, a lifetime supply of them, he's yeah. become he's in a bit of a position now where he doesn't have. Any I'm not pants sure if you wear. call them eggplant pants because of their colour or because he shoves an eggplant down the front of them when he wears them. <laughs> okay, it's about enough of us this week. That, that is that is it's about it's about enough of us for this year. However. There's one more one to go. One more to go. One more to go. So, on that note, see you next week. See ya.